Hello, my name is Lee Shellnut, and I'm the pastor of the Huntersville Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. That's a mouthful, so we affectionately know of ourselves as HARP. We at HARP welcome you to the podcast of our preaching and teaching ministry. We're grateful that you've joined us. If you're encouraged by what you hear, we'd love to have you subscribe. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we love sharing the glorious good news of the Lord Jesus Christ as we preach and teach through the pages of Holy Scripture. So join us now as we open up God's Word. This is the invitation. You may be seated. We come now to what is likely the most famous of Advent passages. The most famous because, well, Linus stands and and quotes it so well in the midst of peanuts. Well, he quotes what is real. He quotes something that is not a cartoon, something that is not made up. He quotes this passage, full of the truth of God to give us hope. So hear this word. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The word of God for the people of God. If you know history, if you know the Bible... You know that war has been with us ever since Genesis chapter 3. 
Ever since the fall, there's been war. We've had local wars, we've had civil wars, we've had global wars, 100 years wars. We've even had the war to end all wars that had wars after it. Now, imagine for a moment the relief, the the overwhelming relief that you would feel at the declaration of peace. War is over. But what would happen if you didn't believe it? Did you know that that's actually happened? At the end of World War II, after the declaration, the war is over. There were several soldiers stationed in the Philippines that when they came and they told them the war is over, they didn't believe it. And the longest holdout was Hiro Onoda. He did not believe the declaration, peace has come. And so for 29 years, 29 years he stayed staging guerrilla raids, going in and out as he was still in war. It only came to an end when his commanding officer was sent by the, uh, the emperor of Japan, who his commanding officer had long since retired But he came to him to decommission him. That's when he would believe it. I I hope as you heard this passage, as you've read it throughout your life, as you read it in your own home with your kids and with each other, I hope that you will realize that right here in Luke chapter 2, this declaration is made before you. The war is over. Peace. Peace to you. Right here is the declaration of the one with the greater army. The the one who, who we have rebelled against. He comes and he says to us, Peace. I have brought an end to your war with me. He does so in a glorious display. He does it first with one angel, and then he does it with an army. You understand when it says host, it means an army. An army of angels. And the Lord, the Lord brings an end and brings peace through a word. Now, you look at this and you go, well, okay, I, I see it, but, but why, does it, why is there a declaration by angels? What does that have to do with anything? Well, it's just confirming all that God's been doing. Remember, it's been 400 years of silence and, and God has come to this, this young girl and, and told her that she's going to carry a child and she said, how can I do this? I, I don't know a man. And then her cousin Past the age of bearing children becomes pregnant. The Lord is up to something, as we saw last week. And this, this is just confirmation that He's at work. And so as we look 
at these words from the angels. We need to see what God is doing. And so we're going to look at it in two points. We're going to see a word from the angel, and then we're going to hear or see the song of the host, of the multiple angels. And we'll, we'll break it out as we go. So what is this word of the one angel? Well, verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And it shall be a sign for you. You will find him wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in the manger. And then, boom, a host. An entire army is right there. Now notice how it begins. It it is a word of joy, but that joy only comes after fear. He comes and he says, fear not. Now listen, we live in a culture that trivializes spiritual things. We live in a day when angels are seen as cute little cherubs that they have rosy cheeks, both these and these, and they flit about and they have a bow and arrow with a heart on the end of it. But that's not the Bible depiction. No, 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 no. You need to remember that angels in the Scripture are always depicted as warriors when they are sent by God to speak to men. And they are not these little cute-cheeked cherubs, but they are... Listen, remember, two angels go into Sodom and Gomorrah and completely destroy it and wipe it off the face of the earth. Only one angel steps into Egypt on that last night and devastates them. And so this angel appears and he tells them at the very beginning, fear not. And so after they've cleaned themselves up from that, the whole army comes. What you need to understand is that this was not some small event that can be trivialized. No, this is something worth telling. And so it's a word of fear, but it's a word of hope. A word of joy, rather. Have you ever wondered what joy is? He says it right here. Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy. What what is the good news of great joy? What is joy? Well, here is joy. It's that the war is over. Peace has been made. Not on account of who you are. We'll talk about that in a minute. Not on account of who you are or what you've done, but in spite of you. The one that you've offended. He, he is willing to make peace with you. Imagine. Imagine being outmanned, outgunned, and the one saying, I will give you peace. Here it is, the joy that you can, that you can see here, a lifetime of war coming to end, a lifetime of war when no war is necessary. He has made peace. 
It's a message of joy from the one that deep down you know you'll have to answer to. When you don't know his terms of peace, you know in your heart of hearts, don't you? That it ain't joy you have when you think of God. When, when you think of the one that you've offended and sinned against. No, no, it's not a holy fear and reverence. It's real terror. But now he brings you a word of joy. He is going to give you peace. It's not only a word of joy, it's a word of hope. What does he say? He comes and he says, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. These are shepherds. These are the outcasts of society. They are, they are thought of as the dregs. As a matter of fact, they would not be allowed to be witnesses in court. Because of, well, what was believed about them. And you imagine shepherds who work with animals day in and day out that don't have the convenience of a shower, that don't have a convenience of... Well, not only that, but they are dirty. They're, they're filthy. They weren't even allowed, well, really in town for very long. They would go in and go back out. And here the angels come to them, not because they were people of noble birth... Not because they were, well, not because they were the best in society, but because God is at work. The Lord is the one who is doing something, not because of them, but in spite of them. And He's doing it for them. Is that a word you need to hear? Is that a word that, that needs to be settled into your hearts? Perhaps for too long you have struggled. You have thought, how is it that I can live this Christian life? How is it that I can do this thing so that God, well, that God will hold me up at the last day and say, you've done a great job? Well, here's the good news. That's not what he's going to do. He is going to see you clothed in what he has done, that robe of righteousness given to you by Christ. And that is what he will see, and he will declare you faithful. Despite of all your in spite of all your falterings. It's a word, it's a word of hope for you wherever you are, because the gospel, the good news, is, is suited. To every age and every condition of the human race. That strong Roman army needed it. Those pagan philosophers need the good news that the war is over. It's what the Hebrews needed. It's what Herod needed. Oh, No matter, no matter your family lineage, no matter your, no matter your wealth, no matter your intellect, no, it's a word of hope, it's good news for all. Will you hear it? Don't, don't remain at war because you're resting in yourself. Hear the good news. It's a, not only a word of joy, a word of hope, it's a word of salvation. Look at verse 11. For unto you 
Well, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. It's a word of salvation. A Savior is born. The one who is going to do it, a Savior is born. The one who, who alone can stand in your stead. Who alone can do what you could not. Who alone can bring peace. A Savior is born. But His birth alone doesn't bring salvation. No, He, he must live a sinless life. He must, he must in all respects Having been made like us as a man, he must in all respects do everything that we could not do. And so we need his person and his work. He is our Savior because he stands in our place. But not only is he fully man, he's fully God. This is the one we need. For he alone can stand in for us. Luke is at great pains to show us this. Look at verse 9. You may have skipped over it. You may not have thought about it. As this word from this angel comes, he says what? A Savior which is Christ the Lord. Well, who who is the Lord? Verse 9. And an angel of the Lord. Now, Now, wait a second. You just said a Savior is born, Christ the Lord. How? Can this be? Now flip over. You see in verse, well, verse 20 and in verse 23, verse 23, or excuse me, verse 15 and 23. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Then verse 23. As it is written in the law of the Lord, Behold, to you this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, who would they have thought of? Immediately the covenant-making, covenant-keeping God that they had heard all of their days. Jehovah Himself. This one's special. Not not only do you see the virgin birth and all that plays out about that, but now you understand that the angels themselves are calling this one Lord. These powerful beings able to wipe out cities, they bend the knee to this one. A Savior which is Christ the Lord. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the promised one. And so there you have this this glorious song, but wait, let's tie it together. Turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Who is the one who will save God's people? Who is the Savior? Isaiah 43 in verse 11. I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Chapter 45 and verse 21. Declare and present your case. Let them take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I the Lord? And there is no other God besides me? A righteous God and a Savior? There is none beside me. Do you hear 
the good news of the terms of peace. The one that you have offended is the one who will take up the terms to see that they are fulfilled. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And so there you have the word from the angel. What is, well, what's the song of the host? Well, quickly, it's a song of peace. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. What, what do you want to hear most if you're at war? Peace. Peace. These angels appear behind this one and they all declare together that God is to be glorified because he has brought peace to the war that began all the way back in Genesis 3. He's brought peace. Now you say, what? wait a second, what peace are you talking about? Do you not know the strife that's in the world? Do you not know how my family has been torn apart? Do you not understand how there is no peace because our brothers and sisters in Christ are being beheaded and killed and slaughtered for the faith in other countries? What do you mean, peace? Perhaps you've gone down to despair. Perhaps you would say with Longfellow, And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells loud, more and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth. Goodwill to men. If you've been driven to that despair, if you've been brought to the depths, understand that the work that God began, He is still working. He is not finished with it. We saw last week, didn't we, that His word is as good as done. And so He promises that He who began a good work will carry it to completion. It is a song of peace. Glorious peace. The one angel tells them to fear not, and then they all come and declare peace. Now, if it had been left with the one angel, perhaps they would have played it off as imagination, perhaps a little too much wine, perhaps something else. But now a host of them come, and they are overwhelmed, and they they are changed, aren't they? It's a song of triumph. The angels declare it as, well, as Zechariah did. It's as good as done. It's as good as finished. Because the greatest war is not the strife between you and your spouse, or you and your family, or you and your children, or or nation against nation. The greatest strife is the one that you were born into and you've taken up arms every day of your life. It's the one against the Lord. If you have peace with Him, then the rest can come into place. Even in turmoil on this earth, you will have peace. If you have peace in Him. And so now we await that full and final peace when Christ returns. Between now and then, 
the peace that we have with him, well, it, it must change us. How? Well, how do we take these words and see them applied in our life? How do we take the song of these angels, this declaration of joy and hope and salvation and peace and triumph, what do we do with these? Well, you don't just cast them off to once a year where you and your family you break out the family Bible and you read them at Advent time. You don't wait for Linus to read them to you. No, no, you need to take these words and do something with them now. What, what do you need to do? Well, first of all, you need to believe. You need to believe. Do not be like Hero Anoda, where, where they declared peace and he still took up arms. No, no, you must believe that the Lord has come and made terms of peace and He's willing for you, even you and me, even me, to have peace in spite of me, not because of me. That's what the, that's what the shepherds did. We didn't quite get to it. But if you read verse 15, what happens? The angels go away and they look at each other and they say, we've got to go see what the Lord has done. Well, why? Because it wasn't a mere apparition. It was true. These angels appeared to them and they believed. And so the first thing that we must do is believe. But then see what else happens. What else happens? They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Believe and tell. Imagine for a moment you have been at war your entire life. And the terms of peace have come finally to you. The terms of peace have been handed down. And you see loved ones taking up arms and still charging off to fight others who don't believe there's peace. What would you do to see that they, well, that they laid down their arms? You would tell them. You would plead with them. You would share with them. You would, you would put yourself in their place so that they couldn't go around you until they believed that they didn't have to go off and fight and march and die. No. No. The war is over. Lay down your arms, you would say to them. And these shepherds, they have believed they have been changed and they, they tell others, lay down your arms. And then what? Praise. Right? What happens? They returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Is your heart, is your heart overflowing with joy and hope 
and peace over the salvation that the Lord gives. Thanksgiving is not just a day in November. We can rejoice and glorify Him in all that we do. And then lastly, notice the last thing. They returned. You say, now, why, why is that a, a big deal? Well, they were still shepherds. They were still those who would be hated by society. They were still those who would be outcasts. And yet they returned. They didn't imagine that doing something big for God is what they were called to do. No, no, they were simply called to glorify Him, to tell others and to believe and to live their lives. And God would be exalted. So what do I hope for you this morning after you've heard this song, after you've heard these words? Well, it's simply that you would believe. That you would share. And that you would exalt God. And that you would be faithful. May the Lord make it so in all of us. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the song of the angel and of the host. We pray, O Lord, that you will give us peace with you, that we will lay down our weapons, that we will believe the good news of the gospel, that we will rest in your work, that we might say glory to God in the highest. Do this, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.